Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to Old Millennials for Patreon, a deep dive on a bunch of different pop culture topics, except today we'll be talking about Barbie. And with that, I say, hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. I'm one of of your hosts, Margot Bouvard. Hi, Barbie. I'm your other host, Emily Beijen. And yeah, we saw Barbie twice, actually. We both saw it twice and only once together. Oh, what a fucking treat. I mean, I I didn't expect anything otherwise, but what a treat. Me neither. I honestly, I was thinking about it and, you know, I've gone to many opening weekends of nerd shit like Harry Potter opening night, Lord of the Rings opening weekend, all the Star Wars. Exactly. And I've never dressed up not one fucking time. Nothing. Not a scarf, not a shirt. Nothing. And this is the first time I believe, especially as an adult, that I have dressed up in a non Rocky Horror or The Room situation. Kind of, yes. Yeah. A cult. Yeah. For those, it's like cult classic. Yes. Therefore, you're showing up. It's a part of the midnight screening culture. Exactly. No, I agree. I think. Bar- Barbie- I mean, like opening weekend dress up. Yeah. yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Like you said. I, apart from maybe wearing a Star Wars t-shirt to a Star Wars movie, I have likewise never dressed up for a film before. This was a first as an adult, especially. So this like so fun. How was the vibe at the premiere that you went to? Because you went to an early screening and then we went to a showing just the two of us um, on Sunday, which was extremely lively for a Sunday. Very lively. Sold um, out. Yeah. How was your I mean, I I actually talked to somebody at a birthday party on Thursday that said that they couldn't find tickets for Barbie anywhere in the city in San Francisco uh, for two weeks out. They were completely sold out everywhere. Oh, my God. So I went to a preview because my friend has an Amex card and got tickets, which was very nice. Nice flex. That one was (laughs) like, I would say it was half and half. Like there were two other screenings taking place that evening. And I feel like the other auditoriums had more people dressed up. Like there was this group of um eld- of older gay men who all dressed up and who were all above the age of 70 and the commitment was incredible and there was a woman there wearing 
earrings made of Barbie shoes, like dangly Cute. earrings. My theater, though, I would say my group, we were the only ones who really dressed up and committed, maybe a couple of others, but like it was kind of disappointing, to be honest, for Draft House. I, t- I told you at Alamo, it was surprisingly tame. Zoe yeah. and I, I felt were like the most dressed up people, and we weren't even that dressed up. You know, I had my Greta Gerwig Barbie font shirt. She had a like shirt on that just was like a Barbie pink with the logo that said Barbie. Oh, which I didn't tell you, though. When we were walking to Alamo, <laughs> we were walking down 23rd, I think. And this guy, because you know how there are like a bunch of restaurants all right there. Yeah. Like, where, that's yeah. where like Ivory and Vine is. Yeah. A guy was like sitting in a window and we were just talking to each other, didn't even notice him. And he just screamed, hi, Barbie, at the two of us. We were like, oh, my God. <laughs> we literally, like we almost jumped into the street. I, it, He really gave us, there's no other way to describe it, but a fright. Like, it was, you gave me a fright, Chessie. It was, you gave me a fright? But it's true. And like I said, we weren't really like overly dressed up. Like Zoe's pants were pink. Like I had my bright yeah. pink cardigan on that I had worn to our screening. But yeah. nothing out of the ordinary. But we were the most dressed up. Um, and I want to say the crowd at Grand Lake was way more fun. You know, I told oh, so you fun. when the when the WB logo turned to pink and no one in Alamo applauded the way that our Grand Lake showing had applauded. I was like, oh, I don't know if y'all are like as fun, which is fine, because then like there were a couple jokes that like I didn't hear the first time because everybody was like laughing so loud or we were like yeah. making comments to each other. So I did catch a lot more than I did the first time. But the vibe was decidedly like. Uh, like on a downbeat. I get it's Monday. Like not everybody is like me trying to have, you know, several glasses of sparkling champagne and then a martini like an idiot. But, you know, not everyone can be as stupid as me, you know? I, this was one of those things. No, I agree with you. Like when I went to that preview, I was just kind of shocked. But I will say what you just said, mate, uh, I felt very much the same way, which is seeing it a second time was great because I caught so many jokes mm-hmm. that I missed the first time around. Oh, God, it's just honestly so fun. It also gives you a chance to like, I feel like I really took in Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu's performances in more and a lot yeah. of the other like minor Barbies, you know, not prototype, not stereotypical Barbie performances like Hari Neff is so funny, funny. Every so line, funny. her and Issa Rae like really yes. battled it, battled it out for me for my favorite supporting Barbie. Like Issa Rae's delivery of every line really got me at the in in the same way. Like hearing her say like, "I am, you're welcome." Yeah. Like got me every time. I have to say, what's impressive about this movie is that like I laughed at all of the same jokes the second time, and tr- me too. I truly had. Literally 24 hours in between, maybe a little bit less between both screenings. And I laughed at all the same places and I got choked up at all the same spots and felt really emotional. And I feel like more than ever, what I really got uh, from the movie the second time around was like Greta Gerwig really loves girls and women and really, really made this movie for us. (laughs) It's like the Saoirse Ronan like clip from Little Women. Women, like it's you know, it's very, it's all that. Like, I need Bob Odenkirk to come in and give us all a hug and say, My little women. <laughs> <laughs> I will, oh. like, oh, oh sorry. Ahead. The one thing that we did forget to do Sunday night, which I'm really devastated about, is that we didn't play the Nicole Kidman We Come to This Place intro I know. on our we phone. Did, like, we said sadly, we were going to. 
I know. Sadly, it was so hectic not... at Grand Lake, though. I, I like, completely forgot. So I did see a TikTok of someone who attended a screening at an AMC theater where a audience member, I kid you not, had printed out the words to the Pledge of Allegiance, quote unquote, <laughs> to give out to all of the theater goers so that they could all recite the national that's incredible that is magic energy right there that is very gay magic energy and i love it it just reminds me of was it your screening of m3 again when someone stood up and recited the whole thing along with her as if it was the pledge of allegiance that happened to me not at m3 again but when i saw the menu i saw the menu okay (laughs) (laughs) which is even more deranged i know m3 again i would totally it's acceptable the right. menu and M3 is camp and so is yeah. Nicole Kidman's Pledge of Allegiance. Yes. But the menu, I guess, is satire, but still. <laughs> was a weird place for sure. It was I'm not expecting that on like a Wednesday night, but it was, you know, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, I got this movie. You know, I'm so glad you said that because um, of seeing it twice and like catching little things in terms of supporting people like that. I also paid it more attention to the second time around was Kingsley Benadir. So they're one of the Ken's, the one who's like almost like Ryan Gosling's assistant. Ken, mm-hmm. um, he has very, if you've ever seen purple rain, he has very Jerome energy of for like <laughs> you know, Morris days. Uh, and, is, and the is time. He- new doctor who or is that the other ken he actually you know what i think that might be the other ken but i i'm I'm looking right now i know that kingsley ben adir was in the um high fidelity tv show hulu that was canceled Mm. way too soon and Mm -hmm. i just like had so much fun with it um all i know is that one of the kens is uh, on um the new doctor who but i haven't watched doctor who in a really long time since like david Tennant. oh it's in kuti gatwa and i'm so oh. sorry if i mispronounced it but he was fantastic too he's in sex education which like half of this cast is on that right? TV show yes yeah. yeah someone said that to me and i was like i don't know that show but i'm it's okay very I, it fun. makes sense because they're british and they shot most of this in the uk I do love that everybody in this cast, not everybody, but a lot of people were not American. Like in Barbie mm-hmm. land, I think there was like one Barbie who was American. It was like Issa Rae and Hari Neff are the two. The rest, everyone's British, Canadian, Australian, like <laughs> very, very funny. Wait, do we leave Albanian? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Albanian, British. There we go. Yeah, our, our mermaid Barbie. Yeah, I just had fun. There were a lot of fun cameos in this. Like um, America Ferrera's real life husband played her husband and i knew this because mark who i saw the first screening with went to high school with america Ferrer's husband and his friends with him and uh texted him or messaged him on facebook after the movie to say that he had seen the movie also before we get into our thoughts do you what do you do you want to talk about your relationship to barbie if you had like a deep relationship oh for sure i mean like you, I grew up with a little sister uh, in the early to late 90s. Like we had a. T- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Kind of Barbies and what happens when you have a little sister is that you guys end up getting one of the each Barbie and you kind of share them. So like I may have had like bedtime Barbie, but my sister would have like think there was like a hair Barbie or whatever, but like totally so hair very, Barbie, totally hair Barbie. So we really liked Barbies growing up. We had fun with them. We also, I'm sure there was at least one weird Barbie. And for me, I think it might've been my Ariel, my little mermaid Ariel doll that I destroyed on um, like Zoe, who's kept hers intact. Uh, it was um, for me. Yeah. Just, I really enjoyed Barbies playing with them when I was a kid. They weren't like my absolute favorite toy of all time, but I really enjoyed them. And my sister and I had a Barbie Jeep, which like is crazy in hindsight. I'm so jealous. That was like my number one thing I, I really <laughs> wanted as a kid that I never got. But I did have like, I had Skipper's house. Yeah. I had a Skipper. I had a bunch of dolls. I definitely had a weird Barbie because I chopped off a Barbie's hair thinking that it would like grow back and it didn't. Because there was, was one. Oh, well, I didn't have that one and no one explained it to me. And I yeah. was devastated. And so oh, I kind of no. took it out on her that her hair couldn't grow back. I didn't permanently put her in the splits, but she definitely like her makeup was very aggressive after that. And I think I drew yes. like bangles on her or like some other weird shit. I mean, for but me, I, it like, was I'm the hair. I collected Barbies. Like I yeah. still have a whole bunch of them at my mom's. I have a Barbie and Ken matching set doll holder from like the 50s. Oh, really? Yeah. I used to have a bunch of that stuff. I... I really always wanted like a benign hobby, not as like a child, but like I I guess my mom and I wanted to have like a benign hobby that we could like share in together. And like shopping for Barbies at flea markets was definitely one of those things or like making Barbie clothes. Like I even had um, she wasn't like a life size Barbie, but it was like like a bust of Barbie where you could do like oh, her, hair her hair and makeup. I remember this. Oh, of course. I loved that. And it was really I'm so fun jealous. For me. I mean, I think it's because, you know, I was an only child, so it was like, oh, it was like someone else's hair I could braid because there's only so much I can do to my mine. And my mom has always had short hair. And then I also had like a Barbie fashion designer PC games. It's like one of the first PC games I remember I ever playing. I remember that game and you could design clothes and print them out. I also, so we did not have the one, the bust that you were talking about or my size Barbie doll, but my sister to torture me when we were kids would call me my size Barbie doll and start like proceed to like, you know, take me down and like grab my legs. It was, it's very weird in hindsight as I bring this up talking about a now 33 year old woman. But uh, yeah, when we were kids, my sister definitely did that to me, but there were just like, it was so, it was incredible because I've heard of people who I know people growing up whose parents were very anti-Barbie, anti-very like commercial toys and like stuck to American Girl dolls and a few like, you know, more, I don't want to call them like homemade because they're not, but you know what I mean? Like educational toys or like, oh, if it's a doll, then it must have some historic, you know, context. But yeah, that we did not have that in my house. Like we very much had Barbies. <laughs> Yeah, my mom liked Barbie because she was like a working gal and didn't need Ken. And I had Ken, yeah. 
And I think the scene that like best encapsulates how I also played with Ken was like, oh, I'm going to spend the night. It's like, why would you do that? Because we're boyfriend, girlfriend to do what? I really don't know. Like, and truly. And so Ken really was like an accessory. And yes. I think that the movie really kind of like captures broadly the mm-hmm. way that kids play with Barbies in like a way that I really appreciate. And yeah, I, in the opening montage where they show the different kinds of Barbies where she is, you know, like a Nobel Prize winner. She's a scientist. She's a pilot. She's all these things. I think that's really what my mom could like buy into oh, and totally see as like a positive example of like because I mean I think both of our <clears throat> moms raised this on like oh like anything boys can do girls can do girls can like do. yeah exactly and so I think that Barbie was a positive role model I don't believe that Barbie contributed to I think the point that the movie makes very succinctly and very well is like if the societal pressures that people put on a doll that's aimed for women is yes. so disproportionate. So I never really had body image issues because of her. I, I never really gave Barbie a second thought after I stopped playing with no, her same. other than from like fond nostalgia. So I, I understand people's problems with it, but it was like just like your family was not something that ever came up and not anything that I ever internalized other than no. something happy. I think that the, any, all of my body image issues growing up, um, never stemmed from a toy. Like it's no, just, it, it yeah. stemmed from very real people in exactly. my life or exactly. that you see not only like in your everyday life, but also like we were, we had like teen people and all sorts of other teen magazines marketed to us that definitely severely um, came to our detriment in terms of body image issues more than a fucking doll that has like, it doesn't have genitalia. Like, I don't understand like what we're being threatened about here. No, I agree. And I think that's, it's, it's funny because I think people have sexualized Barbie so much over the years because it's so easy to, I mean, she literally, Barbara, Ruth Handler literally got the inspiration from Barbie when she saw a sex doll in a store in Germany when traveling with her family in like the 1950s. So there's always been, I've listened to podcasts about the history of Barbie and how it was put together. um, And, and it's, but in all honesty, I think people have put so much more of that on Barbie than anyone who actually ever played with Barbie put on Barbie. Like that's, that's really it. I think it's a lot of people's criticisms that come from a place where they did not, they may have played with Barbie at one point, but honestly the people who actually did have never put all of those expectations and uh, generalizations on her. It honestly reminds me a lot of the like keep drag queens away from children arguments like drag queens are not trying to be around your kids, sister. Like that's just not reality. And your weird projections on them say a lot more about you than they do about drag queens themselves. And kids are not reading into it that deeply either. It's it's really just like the loudest section of the smallest group. I also think that in terms of criticisms when it comes to Barbie, like so, you know, I, I... my cousin posted about this this morning and I commented on it. She posted a an article about a woman who was criticizing that the messaging of Barbie was completely contradicted by the marketing campaign that Mattel and Warner Brothers put out. Oh my out. God, I can't and anymore with no, this. I, I, can't. I agree. 
I no, agree. The, the, the litigation about like, oh, what's what is the proper amount of marketing for a movie about I, like geared towards women is so ridiculous. But yes, carry on. No, and here is where I think I disagree with this. Inevitably, a movie about Barbie, which is putting out, being put out by Warner Brothers and Mattel, was always going to have some insane marketing budget. Like that is it. That's life. That's how it works. You know. Well- Sure. But also we've seen what happens to movies that do not get marketing. Like I understand it's Barbie was already highly anticipated, but also this is like this is the most traditional studio release I have seen in a really long time. And it's actually kind of nice to see it happen. We used to have this sounds so fucking like, oh, let's trudge through the snow. But there were there was a time where like movie product tie in was a part of everyday life and marketing cycles for movies and for TV shows. And I don't think it's that weird. Barbie is a licensed product, just like Hello Kitty. And here's the other, my other argument is that I think it's really easy for us, for people to criticize this whole marketing campaign when one, this has been happening for decades at this point. That's how traditional marketing campaigns work. But two, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Like everyone, I think a lot of other people are quick to also criticize because Greta Gerwig came from a quote unquote indie filmmaking scene. And it's kind of like, guess what? You're not in the room with this, with the execs at Warner Brothers and Mattel and Greta Gerwig. You don't, people don't know how film distribution works. You have to kind of sign away a lot of the things that you may not have normally signed away because one, you want to get the movie you want out there. You want the script out there that's your script and not one with too many notes from execs. And finally, when you're in a position to be a director, let alone a female director, oftentimes you have to do this big movie, which I'm not saying Greta Gerwig did this like out of a sacrifice or anything. I'm sure she very much wanted to do this film, but you often have to do these bigger budget films to get the green light for some of the smaller projects that you would like to do. That's how the system works. That's why it's so fucked among other reasons and why we very much support the WGA SAG after and everyone who decides to go on strike at this point, but that's how the model works. And so I admire that Greta Gerwig in a big studio system was able to draw such a large audience for a non-Marvel movie. I think that's fantastic. I also think that like, you know, to your point, those marketing campaigns are the way are being run the way that they've been run for decades at this point. We can and I feel like we're just giving a lot to Barbie in this case because it happens to not be a Marvel movie. Like we've gotten so used to that with those Marvel movies. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.